you can i what uh, recording is in progress tom what's up bro okay yeah no problem <laughs> welcome How's to the show going? everybody welcome how, how, how you doing what's, what's new coming at you not much man just fucking uh you know my weekdays yeah. are just a fucking grind how about how are yours uh pretty good just you know working and grinding and you know that's about it just working and grinding <laughs> <laughs> um pretty good i mean you know i'm just uh you know working like i mentioned and <laughs> well that's um, it for today <laughs> but yeah and i've been following a lot of uh i'm watching a lot of stuff right now or and you said you are right yeah wait i feel like we should i'm danny palmer <laughs> this is tom mccaffrey hilarious comic we, we like oh sorry i thought you I knew. Don't know. Let's, let's just throw it out there why not i guess people can yeah. see in the episode title what our names are <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> this is a good start um what uh you were saying before we started your uh so or one thing i want to so have you been following the whole rogan thing i mean I yeah. guess it's hard not to follow i know right it's everywhere so what um i mean i know what's going on but what do you think uh it seems to be like gaining some momentum where do you think this is going yeah he hasn't put out an episode in like a week um you know it just seems it's it seems like it's gonna soon it's gonna be like like it, it's built the momentum i mean is like a lot of artists it seems like it's becoming cool to side with you know the people who are like yeah i'm not i'm not all about that um right i mean i listen to pretty much every episode he puts out except for the mma ones because i don't care but like you know, I listened to his Sanjay Gupta episode. He definitely has this contrarian mindset. He loves conspiracy theories and he likes to find he likes he he one of his beefs with the mainstream media is that they don't push the narrative of taking care of yourself physically. And if you're young and have a healthy immune system, then you're less likely to die of COVID. But I think he over time he's developed this kind of like callous about he'd rather hear the alternative view than you know, because he, yeah. he does say, like, you know, if you're old or obese, you definitely should get the vaccine. I recommend. I, recommend I thought he was like an. An, I don't. I don't really he's listen not an to anti vaxxer by any means. He's not. Because no, I not. feel like I've seen clips of him saying stuff though. Like, wasn't he kind of one of the guys who was like talking about vermectin, which was like the horse tranquilizer or something? Yeah, but that's like even that. Like that. That's one the Pulitzer Prize and has been like billions of doses have been administered to humans. Like there's many drugs that can be administered to both animals. And oh. but, I mean, I, I'm not saying that he's like completely innocent. He definitely like pushes that alternative narrative. But the idea that he's like this consp- that all he pushes is don't get the vaccine and and propose or like what do you call it uh, promulgates fraudulent theories. I don't think that's true. Well, I guess like he's bringing on people who are saying things which. I guess the the problem is he has such a a huge audience that right. if you're saying if you're bringing on people, I don't know if you're bringing on people and they're like saying things that are wrong that are gonna make people do you know bad you know things that aren't healthy for them. That's probably not the best thing to be doing or you know most um, responsible thing, but. I guess he, but I feel like I've seen clips of him saying things. I don't know. I don't, I don't really listen to him. And I don't, I don't like, like, I don't not like him. I just, his, um, his episodes are really long. I just, I feel like I don't have time to listen to them. 
Right. Know? And that, that's part of it. Like he'll have a four hour discussion and they'll talk about a million things and a million different studies. And it's like, how do you, how do you encapsulate that in a soundbite? You don't, you can't. And then, yeah. But at the same time, I guess he, you know, he, he, he what is his, the, the nine minute statement he put out about hello friends. And like, I'm going to yeah. bring on people right after. Like, I think he does need to spend more time airing the opposite viewpoint or like the mainstream viewpoint instead of just yeah. being like, I'm, going to push back against the common narrative like well sometimes the common narrative can have a lot of truth to it like just because you want to be like mr contrarian guy doesn't mean that's the right thing to do yeah it is amazing how huge he is because like he was this comedian who was around for a while and he i think he sort of got like he had some career issues when the carlos mencia thing happened like i think a lot of people kind of like he didn't get blackballed, but I feel like a lot of people sided with Carlos Mencia and sort of like, I think his agent dropped him. And I, 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 I just feel like he was kind of like having a hard time at that point. And then now he's just like huge, you know, and Carlos Mencia, I don't know what the fuck is he even doing? Right. It's a very interesting. Um, so I don't know. Just seem every day I keep hearing more artists are leaving. And I think that's going to build and build, you know, but is it artists that no one cares about? But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, there was like a, I don't even know. Joni Mitchell obviously is famous, but there were a couple other people that were like in Neil Young's band. Well, Neil Young was like I'm the like, big one. The other thing too is like, can't you just go anywhere else and get, you know, the, you know, the music? I just yeah. don't know what a big blow that is. They're kind of shitty though. Spotify. They, they took off a bunch of standups. Like, do you remember that? Because they weren't like paying standups, their royalties. Like when, when standups were demanding a certain royalty, like for, like for something, um, they just got rid of all standup. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that was like a thing that happened. Like they took, I don't know, like all standup, but they took a lot of standup off their platform because they don't want to pay people. So they, they, I feel like they keep doing these shitty things that are going to finally kind of like hurt their brand. I feel like this might hurt their their brand a little bit because it was sort of like struggling a little bit but he'll be fine because it doesn't you know he, yeah, he, doesn't he doesn't even need it right he already has such a huge following and the, his fans are so die hard it's like the worst thing that would happen would be i mean it's just they drop him i guess but it, it wouldn't even matter yeah right. i i completely respect his approach he's a, he's super smart he's way smarter than i am he does hear both sides of it he'll listen to anybody say anything he takes in new information, and but he just has this bit of a contrarian edge to him, and I think it started to yeah. like bleed a little bit deeper into his approach than maybe he realized. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, well, you, but yeah. So what, Joe Zimmerman, what? Nothing. That was it. That was. I just. I feel like I keep seeing that. I remember you. You were like a fan of his, and he's such a big. I mean, he's like the podcaster, so it's kind of like interesting to to watch how this is happening yeah i mean he'll have anybody on and i think now he'll make a more concerted effort to have you know both sides it's like what's that 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 show point counterpoint <laughs> crossfire on cnn he needs to make it more like crossfire you know like yeah okay, i don't think that side, show's been on for a while though what <laughs> yeah yeah I, I remember that show i thought oh, that hasn't been on tv for a while though i don't think george sapphire or something i don't know <laughs> wait what were you saying about joe zimmerman Oh, well, my uh, my Spotify New Music Friday, sometimes it like throws in stand-up clips. And last Friday, it threw in a new a new joke from Joe Zimmerman. I guess he's got a new album out or something. Um, do I know him, right? 
Yeah, he's hilarious. I really like his comedy. Yeah, who is he? I he's got dark hair. He's like I'm trying to think how he talks. He's like I don't know. I can't describe it. Has but. he? Do you know him? No, like do you know yeah. him? I don't. I'm not friends I, with them, but I've seen him around. Of you know, we're friendly. When yeah. I speak to you. Like, hey man, I think I know him. Yeah, that name sounds. I definitely feel like I know him. Um, he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He's really smart. Have you? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> You're like, he's not. <laughs> I as don't good remember. As no, no, no. I, I'm not. I just don't. I mean, I can't remember who he is exactly. But, um, what was I? So yeah, what do you, are you watching? Anything now? I wanted to get into like some stuff that I'm. Yeah, well, I mean, watching. just to keep it on the stand-up tip. So uh, I watched Aziz Ansari's new special, Nightclub Comedian. And look, I think Aziz is very funny. It. What? I watched about 15 minutes of it. Yeah, I, like, you know, <laughs> I know, dude. I I'm like Aziz. Kidding. It's really funny, but... I'm just, just kidding. It was, it was fine. It was fine. Level. It wasn't... It was... I didn't... It wasn't... I don't know that I'm the best judge because I just... It's hard for me to watch stand-up at all now. I just kind of am like not... I'm not really even into stand-up. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm less into stand-up than I was in the past. Like, when I was a kid, I wasn't really into stand-up at all. I was getting to comedy, but and I would watch a little bit of stand-up. But now I'm, like, not... And I got into it and I was doing it. But then, like, now I'm kind of back to not being into it, which is weird. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you ever go through phases yeah why do you think that is why do you think that happened to you i think i just um been doing it for a long time been around it for so long and then i realized i think i realized like about in the last like few years that it wasn't a thing that it wasn't like a childhood dream of my you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of people do comedy they're very like oh my god ever since i was a kid i wanted to like i i was funny as a kid and i really was into comedy i was into like movies and funny movies and stuff and like comedic actors i was first of all i mean when i was like growing up there was like you know like there would be like one comedy special like every two years like it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is you know what i mean like that, like having a comedy special was like a huge deal. It was like only like superstars would do them. Now it's like anyone could do them. Um, so it's just so it's like saturated. And uh, I think I also just. There's something about like. Uh, I think there's a certain kind of comedy that's not that popular right now. I don't know how to describe it. Like um, it feels it all feels very like sort of too. I don't know how to like likable or something. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Like there's not a lot of edge to it. Not that I'm looking for like really edgy comedians, but like, like a good example is like the late night landscape. Like Letterman was so great. Cause he had like an edge to it. You know, he was kind of like snarky and really sarcastic and um was just kind of like a dick to people. You know what I mean? He was very kind of aloof. Um, but I feel like that's gone now. You don't in the especially in the late night landscape, you don't you don't see that at all, you know? You know that, what that like what? I was gonna, go ahead. I was just gonna say when you know I'm Gen X. So like Gen X are I feel like was a very aloof like kind of um little brother generation where we were kind of I felt very like I don't know are you Gen X? Yeah. So like, because I've read, you know, uh, articles about this, like how Gen X was kind of like 
the little brother generation that that always felt kind of like overlooked by the previous generation. So we kind of developed this aloof kind of um, attitude to overcompensate for not being for not caring about anything. Like, like I don't I don't give a shit what anyone thinks of me. But it was like a defense mechanism. And our heroes were very much like that. Like Bill Murray was a very Gen X hero, uh-huh. and he was the ultimate in like was never going to show how and it, no one was ever going to get to Bill Murray. You know what I mean? everything that happened he like was one step ahead of people or like and it was just going to roll off his back you know like he never got rattled he was always like the sharpest guy in the room and would insult people and i feel like that's what i grew up on was that type of person that type of persona and that's not really prevalent anymore you know especially in stand up it's it's very like like uh likable is that what i said like if everyone's it's like everyone's ingratiating you know everyone's yeah. like hey like me hey, did, hey look at this and i you know i'm really like not very challenging and you know hey aren't i and it's like um i don't know the people like yeah the, the person like i said the personas i grew up with were very like like tricksters you know that term yeah <laughs> i'm sorry that, that's like a an archetype like uh in mythology and it's a guy who's like uh it's like a person or i don't know who's a character who uh is kind of like a con artist type guy always kind of like one step ahead of people and you don't really he has kind of always has something up his sleeve and like very like like you know bill murray-ish or like ferris bueller you know what i mean or yeah ferris bueller is like a trickster and so i was right ra- there, there and th- there was a do you like Jason Bateman? Yeah, he's awesome. Do you remember he was like on a show young? He was on Silver Spoons. Remember that show? Yeah, I yeah, I do. I did mean, you, I, I wasn't really allowed to watch it, but... Yeah, you weren't... So Jason Bateman was on it as like Ricky Schroeder's friend, and he was really obnoxious, and he was very Eddie Haskell. He was a very like trickstery eddie haskell he was really polite to the adults but when they left he would be really like shitty to everybody and just insult everyone to like all the kids that he was around um so that was when he was like 13 or 14 and he was so good on it they gave him his own show on nbc called it's your move it's your move and um it was only on for one season but he was like 15 it's really funny it was kind of this like it kind of like uh, like what I'm talking about, like the the it was like an edgy show. He was like a con artist. He was always kind of like trying to one up everybody, and he was always like in these ske- planning these schemes behind his mom's back. And you know, and a lot of people like hated him because he was very like Ferris Bueller-y. Like he was always getting away, but like he he would be selling like tests to kids. But it was like a dark humor, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a feel good, like, hey, I learned a lesson at the end of the show. At the end of the show, he always kind of his scam like got fucked up or something. Um, but they can't. But I so I was rewatching that show. It's on YouTube because it it was taking me back to those days. I was like, oh yeah, this. And I watching it, I was like, oh, this kind of like ruined who I was. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It made you like. I th- I think want it to really be like that? In- what. It made you want want to be like that, want to act like that. Yeah, I remember watching it and being like, "Oh, this is like who I would like to be." Because he was always like the smartest guy in the room. He like he was he always had a funny line. He was always kind of like 
um, outwitting the adults. He always like had, he, he always had the funniest line, you know, the last laugh of anything, you know what I mean? He always had the last word. Um, but I was like, oh, this complete, and I saw it when I was like 11 or 12 and I was like, oh, this really shaped my personality. <laughs> Did you have a show like that at all? It's interesting. Um, man, I mean, the A team, the golden girls. <laughs> yeah. The golden girls. No, we weren't allowed to watch that. That's too risque. <laughs> I'm trying to, but I'm, Probably not. I mean, not as a kid, I don't think, but I, I can see how that would influence you. I mean, that's kind of, was it, was it, is it a funny show? Is it a good show to watch? Would you recommend watching it now? Well, it's a, it's a little bit aged now. I mean, it's very aged now, but it is really funny. And the thing is, it's the, um, it's this, the creators of married with children. Did you like that? Yeah. Sort so of. married, Sometimes married, it got it a little like, dark and mean. Yeah, so Married with Children came out, I think, a year or two after this show, but it was the same create. Like, so they came up, they did Married with Children after this show got canceled. And Married with Children was on Fox when I mean, it was like a new channel. So, like, they were willing, Fox was willing to kind of think outside the box and do kind of like weird, different types of shows like The Simpsons. Because you, I mean, I don't know if you remember the time, most sitcoms, and you know, this was kind of the template was like very, especially at the time, like it was very like feel goody sitcoms. It was always like they learned a lesson at the end. You know what I mean? Like so someone would do something like on Silver Spoons, he would like, you know, do something bad. And then at the end, he would get caught and then he would learn a lesson. This was like none of that. That was all out the window. He was just always doing these like, so it's it's funny. It's like Married with Children. You can see the... um beginnings of married with children like he's always like making fun of his sister for being slutty and um it's just dark like it's it's kind of like mean it's like mean humor because married with children was so great because it was a family but they all hated each other you know it was more realistic so this was kind of realistic too in terms of like he was like a shit he was kind of like a shitty kid but he was also like a great kid because he was like kids would look up to him you know he was like popular and everyone thought he was so cool and he's like it's it's weird watching it because i can look at it now and i'm like oh i i think i can see things throughout my adolescence and i'm like oh i really was trying to be like this kid oh wow it sounds <laughs> like, like a precursor the confidence to, what yeah it sounds like a precursor to seinfeld too right no no hugs no lessons Exactly. That's kind of and Seinfeld. That's when a, a big thing they they always said, right? They didn't want to learn any lessons, yeah. and they didn't want to, yeah, no hugging or anything. It was just very like because Larry, you know, Seinfeld oddly was he. It seems like he has like vanilla humor, but it's that show is edgy, you know, in a way. I mean, it's they're mean to each other, you know. Yeah, they're mean to people. They're mean and selfish. <laughs> So I think that's kind of not really around, in, in, especially in stand-up. Maybe it's part of the cancel culture thing. Like, everyone's really obsessed with being likable. You know what I mean? And I think young, I almost kind of looked at, I, there were a lot of people I looked up to that they were likable, but in a different way. They weren't trying to be liked. They were kind of like doing things, you know, like there was something more to them. I don't know. Like, it does, it does make sense, though. What? Yeah, mischievous. Yeah, it's maybe like the like the pendulum swings. It goes from like the lessons of silver spoons and the after school specials to the nihilism of married with children and Seinfeld to some extent. Back to like woke culture being like, don't don't be bad, don't be don't be wrong. 
Have you noticed that though at all? Like, I mean, before I like articulated that, that um, because I don't even know if I was like consciously aware of it, but just I well, I think I was kind of tired of stand up just because I was around it and I I'd seen so much of it. But even like Aziz's special, it was very like, you know, he's fine. You know what I mean? He's not bad, but it's just there's nothing to him that's like. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he seems like kind of a shell of his former self. I mean, I don't you know think him so? as a person, but just he just seems kind of like he, like he's in this little cookie jar of isolation to some extent. Like he lives in London, and it's because I I mean I, maybe I'm being unfair, but I did just listen to um, him be interviewed by Kevin Hart on his Comedy Goldmines podcast, and he says that he hadn't done stand up until like October of last year. He recorded that special at the cellar in December, so he'd only be doing stand up for like a month and a half, and then they put it out a month after that. So like he his he didn't have his sea legs and I'm sure he would admit had that he had well. how long did sea legs since... stand up again yet? I mean, you can't in a month. I mean. Maybe I don't really great, believe. But... I don't believe that. What you think you can just like pop back in after a year? No, and no, half I off? don't believe that he hadn't been doing it. Like uh, he hadn't done it in how long? He said like for the, for the course of the pandemic, he was in London with his girlfriend. May I mean I don't know. Maybe I mean if that's true, then that that's pretty good. I mean it wasn't bad. I mean it was just like yeah. kind of like whatever. I laughed a few times. It up. But like um, it just seems too simple. Just like, oh well, you know, we should try to see the other side of political debates, and like, it's just kind of like, yeah, I know, like, people have been yeah, saying, yeah, I mean, we're born, one like, of his bits was like, Aaron Rodgers is dumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a. Ba- I mean, you know, I think when you get to that level, it's hard to keep like, what more can you do? Because at the end of the day, you're just telling jokes. You know what I mean? Like what. You know what? What special I was really disappointed by, and th- this was actually really a good marker of like, wow, I don't, th- I'm having a hard time watching stand up. Was so Louis C.K. Did you see his last special? No, don't you have to pay like eight bucks on his site or something to watch it? Yeah, it was something like that. But I was like, fine. So I saw a trailer for it. I w- it was di- right, like I was in Hawaii, and like it was right before Christmas. So like. I saw a trailer. I was like, oh, wow, he has a new special. And the trailer was funny. Like it had a bit or not the trailer. It was like a clip. It was like the Goodwill hunting bit. Did you hear that? Uh, no. It was really funny. And um, it was very like him. He, like it felt like a very like old Louis C.K. bit, like kind of just taking the minutia of like a well, like of like a movie. I mean, it was right up my alley, like a movie scene that's kind of iconic and everyone knows. And he um and i was like wow okay like this looks good like this looks like it'll be like back to what he was and then i watched it and like i i was about 20 minutes in i was like wow i'm not really laughing at this um and then he finally got to the goodwill hunting bit about 40 minutes in and that was good and then i was like oh well that was like (laughs) you know it was just weird it was like he had that one bit and then the rest of it was like very kind of unformed and i was like Hmm. He seemed like a shell of himself. It's funny you said that about Aziz. Like he seemed very. Um, it's weird. I, I, you know, that whole thing. And also, was we- not to go on about this. So, like the 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 problem I really had with it is he's at a big theater and he's killing. And I was like a diehard Louis C.K. fan. Like I loved. It. I thought I would always be like he's the best, and then everyone is under him. When when I was watching the special and I wanted to like it, I didn't think it was funny and it didn't feel like as good as how he he is. 
But the, this crowd was like dying, laughing at everything. And it almost felt like weird. I almost felt like, um, like it, it was almost like this thing that I really liked had been embraced by another base group of people who didn't really get it. And now they're dying laughing because they think that that's what they're supposed to be doing. But I'm like, you don't really get it. Like this isn't as good as what he he usually is. So it was like, it was, I almost, it was almost like alienating to me. You know what I mean? It was like watching a band that I loved before anyone loved it. And then it became huge and then it became shitty. And then it had new fans who would never really listen to it. Cause I feel like he has a lot of new fans who were like, yeah, man, we don't give a shit. And, but they're not that smart. I don't think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I explained that well, but I felt like I was like, it was like watching like Jeff Dunham do something and how you know you watch a really bad comedian that you don't get and everyone's dying laughing and you're like i don't i don't know why everyone that's what it felt like i was like i usually love this guy i don't know why everyone's dying laughing at this this is not he's usually way better than this um you know what that reminds me of when letterman went from nbc to cbs they started doing this thing like even in the early shows where instead of laughing at a joke the audience would applaud and they would just, it was all this applause and not as much laughter. And it's like, they thought, oh, well, David Letterman, his profile is really increased by starting this new show on a different network. And we must support him at all turns. I don't know. Just, it didn't feel as authentic. It just felt more like we're supposed yeah. to like this. But if you like, if you think something's, have you ever been at a dinner party and somebody said something funny and everybody started clapping? No, you laugh. <laughs> Why are you um, clapping? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think Todd Barry's or someone said this. Someone made a comment. Some comedian, a big comedian. I think it might have been Todd Barry. That an applause break um, is kind of like the opposite of of killing or something. Because if if you're really really funny, that the audience is laughing, they're not going to start applauding. They're all just dying laughing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like an applause break is more like, oh, I really like that. I appreciated that. You know what I mean? But it's not exact. But yeah, that's a good that's a good example. Because like Letterman, when he was at the later spot, was more like an edgy show. But the, he was a Gen X icon, too, because he, you know, so and especially that show. And then when it moved to the main time, it did have a different audience because he had to, like, compete with The Tonight Show. So, like, that was another good example, because, like all these other people who hadn't been watching him all of a sudden started watching him. And it was very like, Oh, I, I like this. Yeah. You know, like, and you're like, no, you don't like, like you, you, you don't really like it. Like he was funnier before. Like, I mean, I really liked Letterman when he had the late, the later show, you know what I mean? Same. He seemed more like an outsider and he was, he was good at being an outsider when he was more fitting in. It was like, not as funny but i mean i don't know he was still good i guess but um but yeah it, it louis ck th that special was it was weird watching it i felt like oh this is like not i thought this it felt very like he seemed really bitter in like a bad way mm. like almost like pissed off like yeah if i don't give a fuck you know you don't like me fuck you and um is this one where he had the sorry sign behind him yeah and that says sorry yeah. And also like it, it kind of annoyed me where it's like he, he was very like um almost combative with his comeback. It was very like, well, I don't give a shit. I'm just I'm gonna keep doing this. Like if you don't like it, like fuck you. And it was just sort of like 
dude, just go away for a little while. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just go away for like a couple of years and then come back. Like, why do you have to keep coming out with specials and that are like kind of not that great? It's just, it just sort I feel like it's like tarnishing him. You know what I mean? It's kind of like watching. And it would have happened eventually, probably, because no one can stay as good as, you know what I mean? That's the that's the trade-off when someone's so great. They can't stay there. You know, they have to eventually not be great. And that's got to be tough. You know, Do you know what I mean? I mean, sort of. Like, don't, don't, didn't Dave Chappelle say that comics are like prize fighters? Comics are the opposite of prize fighters because they get better as they age. Yeah, he did say that. But I, I don't know that that's the norm. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, do you? I mean, you know who like really annoys me now is like Seinfeld. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Older Seinfeld kind of like annoys me. I don't think he's that funny. He's he feels very very out of touch and like not. His, his comedy doesn't seem to be like. I mean, he's like, he's good. You know what I mean? He's obviously like an icon. I just like he feels of a different era to me now. You know what I mean? He does have a bit of, of a, like a professorial tone where he's like the lecturer, like the senior statesman, at least in interviews, he comes across that way. Yeah. Interviews. I think he comes off bad. Um, but I don't know. I guess some people, but I think a lot of comedians, you know, do get worse because I think like, it's hard to keep up that, you know, stand up is definitely something that like, even if you're amazing at it, you, you always have to be practicing it because you can lose it easily. It's not like a thing that, you know what I mean? I, I think a lot of people don't understand that. I think you can be inherently funny, but you can get rusty easy. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So, I mean, Chappelle has gotten better, but he's kind of become not even like a comedian. He's like, kind of, yeah, he's, he's like a social like, commentator. He's almost like Mark Twain. Yeah, so that's another thing with him around. It's kind of weird to watch. Like, I really like what he does now because it's not all about like it's funny, but it's not all about that. It's he's just so comfortable talking. You know what I mean about whatever he wants to talk about. Um, that's insane. So then when he does it, (laughs) he just is the king of like the like. I I forgot who says. Might have been Patton Oswalt. Like described him as like this guy who like is can be in front of like thousands of people and just sound like he's just having a conversation with like one person. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is such like an insane thing to be in that environment and be that relaxed and poised and just do whatever you're going to do and not worry about any reaction. Um, so I feel like he, I mean, he clearly is like the best, I don't know. He's one of the best right now, I'd say. And, um, I don't know. And then I watch other stand-up and it seems like like Louis C.K.'s stand-up seems really sloppy to me now. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I haven't really seen much of it except for like walking past in the cellar, like hearing a snippet of a joke. I haven't seen that special. So I don't know. I, I haven't really you seen it. You just didn't want to see it? No, I was just I was like hanging out on the patio outside. I wasn't like at the show. No, but I mean like um, you didn't want to see a special? That- oh, um, no, I, I do want to see it. I didn't. I didn't, didn't want to like. I don't know. I guess I just didn't make the time to go to the website and spend the eight bucks. But I, yeah, I'd like to watch it. Well, now that you told me, it's sounds not that like you're great. a big fan. <laughs> I would definitely eight was. Dollars? What? I definitely was a big fan before all that shit happened. My dude, my only thing, and I guess I don't know everything he's done, but it just seemed like his whole persona and and being was about being honest about your flaws and your weaknesses. And then when all that shit at the fan, like he did ignite, he's like, "Those what those women said is true," but then he never like. 
I just want him to go on stage for like five minutes one night at the cellar and just be like, or wherever, and just be like, here's here's why I did that. I have these issues, sexual issues, and I shouldn't have done that. Or like, here's how what they said that isn't true, and here's my side of it. But I see, I see why that they could have seen it. Just I don't know. Just say something. Just like tell yeah, me. Yeah, he did. He did you and like sincerely apologize or not sincerely apologize. But say what you think, and he he just never seemed to address it. And that, that didn't seem to me to be in line with the character and the persona that he presented all those years so that was just it was a little disappointing for me but he I mean, kind of now he comes off I, you're right because now he comes off very like uh, it, it's a thing that like that thing that happened you know and everyone a lot of people are like i don't give a shit i want louis back and you know and the thing is like why can't we just have louis anymore and, da, 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 and it's like you know what louis is mindset he's not Fuck gonna everybody what yeah like the legions of skanks like mindset like we're Iconoclast. We break all the rules. Fuck you. you and the thing is, want. like, he's he's not that guy anymore. And also, yeah. like, whether he whether people want to admit it or not, or he wants to admit it, that thing is always like hanging in the room over him. It's always like there. So I feel like you're always kind of watching him with this thing in the back of your mind. And I think the fact that he didn't really deal with it well or address it well is a problem because it's kind of like, it feels very like when you're in a relationship and you have an argument and someone never apologizes. And then as a relationship goes on, you just keep getting angrier and angrier and resentful that they never apologize. So it's like, the longer he goes on and does specials, it's like, yeah, but he never did that. You know what I mean? So that's, hanging over a stand-up all the time now and i wasn't even one of those like he needs to and i said this to someone the other day i think my girlfriend i said even his apology that he wrote out was like really weird do you remember his apology that it was like a statement he put out oh like vaguely i just remember him saying like what these women said was true but i don't remember the rest of it well he kept using the word dick in it like he's like I used to pull out my dick i'm really sorry and it's like who fucking wrote this like <laughs> No one, you didn't have any of your people say like, no, you can't put dick in the fucking apology. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. sound like a, a real. And the thing is, like, the way he says something will make it sound differently. But a lot of things he says on paper, if, if you're not, if you don't have him delivering it, it just sounds off and weird. So, like, even his apology almost sounded like he wasn't taking it seriously, like. The fact that you're using the word dick in your official statement, I mean, that just doesn't, you know what I mean? It'd be like being like, I'm really sorry that I said, you know, that I grabbed her pussy and then I took my dick out. It's like, wait, is this an apology? It's like disgusting. It's like a filthy apology. And I, I, I'm always wondering why he did that, because that was a very like, apology. but it was like a deliberate um, thing that he drafted. You know, why would he make it so like? kind of gross and crude and crass you know like no one wanted to hear that and then whenever he talks about it he always he talks about it in a very like disingenuous way of like you know that he he talks about it in a way where he's like that the problem is that he has like weird fetishes you know what i mean like like he's embarrassed that people found out of his weird fetish yeah there's, like, there's probably some element of humiliation that he has where he feels where he felt humiliated and thus doesn't want to you know, address the humiliation because he's humiliated. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know shit about shit when it comes to Lucy Cat. I mean, yeah, but if he's so Maybe humiliated, go away for a little bit. But like, um, 
I think that rubbed people the wrong way. I think what it is now is like, I, I, you know, like I said, I was a Louis fan. I was willing to listen to his new stuff and think it was funny. And he's even kind of alienated me where I'm just like, now I feel like he's his, his audience has been um, taken over by, by people that I'm like, I don't really think these people really are smart Louis CK fans. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like I'm it's- like, I would be embarrassed to be around people who I think are hardcore Louis C.K. fans. I'd be embarrassed to be. It would be like going to like being around the same crowd as like a fucking, you know, I don't know, Metallica concert. So just where I'd be like, uh, or like Gallagher or something. (laughs) Yeah, I think like the anti-wokester crowd, like I get it to some extent, but at some point it just becomes kind of this like it becomes cheesy. To be like, we can say whatever we want. We don't give a fuck. It's like, all right, you think that's so like cool and edgy, but it's really just kind of like lame. It's also boring after a while. Once you, if you're saying everything you want and you're you're always trying to be shocking, it just after a while, it's like, it's like numbing, and it's like, all right, yeah, like you're cursing, you're saying horrible things. Like, I. I never got into comedians like that who were just shocking for the the whole thing about Louis C.K. is you would say kind of like, you you know, right before this, like an hour, like two hours ago, I found a Louis C.K. clip online from like 12 years. I think it was from a show from like maybe 10 years ago. And he says in the act, he says, um, you know, I've done like a lot of things I wish I hadn't done. Like, and this is before he years before he got busted. Um, He says, one time I showed a girl with Down syndrome, my dick. You know, and like, you know, that's not a good thing. You know, like I have to live with that. You know, I was eight years old. So like I have a good excuse. But like, you know, if I had done that like a week ago, that would be problematic and not right at all. So it was weird to hear him say that because it was like, oh, shit, that shows he's totally aware of what he did was be as being wrong because he kind of like took on the air an attitude of like he was very like, um he seemed kind of like ignorant to like, he was like, I don't, I asked these women if I could take my dick out. And they said, yes, I don't know what, you know, I'm like, I don't know what the problem was, but like, I just listened to a standup thing where he says he showed his dick to a girl with down syndrome. And he says, if I did that as an adult, that would be like, not good. So he, do you know what I mean? Like it shows yeah. that he knew what he, what he was doing was not right. Well, that's probably why he was like, well, if I ask, then that'll make it okay. Like that might've been his logic at the time in his head. Yeah, but it's it, right. It's, but I'm just trying to think, it's, think it's about. Weird, he but I thinking. think like he, I think the whole "will I ask" thing is like I, you know, it just feels weird. Like the stories I heard were very. I mean, like yeah, you know, why the whole thing. Go out for a drink. <laughs> why you gotta do that? I don't know. I mean, j- yeah, or like just why don't you try kissing them first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just why don't you just like? I've never once asked a girl if I could take my dick out ever. You know, even when I was hooking up with them, like it's just like. And I don't know. That just sounds oddly rapey, kind of. Anyway, I just think like he. I think he knew what he was doing was wrong, and obviously, you know, he said it was at one point. And um, and you know, people downplay it. I mean, I'm not saying it was like as bad as a lot of things, but what he did could be a sex crime. You know, like that can be sexual assault. You don't need to touch someone for sexual oh, really? assault to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you're the attorney. How does that work? You can just if you if the person feels like they're in physical danger of possibly being attacked, that's an assault. Interesting. Like if the if the um factors if if the circumstances in the situation 
if a reasonable person might think that they're about to be attacked. So like these women said, the two women from the, the festival, they said that they were in a room with him, which is already kind of weird, but whatever. Um, and that he, I guess he asked and they thought he was joking. They said, and then he just took his dick out and it was like jerking off right next to them. And they said they kind of, he was kind of in between them and the door. And um, I don't know if he was like blocking the door on purpose, but they said they thought they might be raped in that scenario because this guy's just taking his dick out and jerking yeah. off. So it's kind of like reasonable concern. But then he's like, well, I asked. And then they gave a thumbs up. And it's like, well, I mean, but you don't know what that means. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe they were trying to like get out of the room without being harmed or yelled at. Right. I mean, to think that 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 um, interaction is just a normal like business interaction or something like I want to buy this. Can I have it? Yes. OK. It's you know, it's, sex is a very nuanced situation. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like, may I take my dick out? Yes. OK. You know what I mean? It's just like to, to think that is you're a smart person. You don't really think that. You know what I mean? That. Yeah. They said yes, and then I jerked off, and I thought we were all having a good time. It's like, well, some people might say yes, you know, and because they don't know, they they think you're not being serious or something, or I don't know. It seems it seems like this is like our seediest episode yet. No, it, I know, it seems, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I last know, thing about it, it seems like like at the pinnacle of power for men, there's oftentimes a tendency to um, not pursue a relationship in, in a normal way or even like a hookup in a normal way it's like bill clinton jeff zucker now inappropriate relationship the president of michigan university of michigan inappropriate relationship louis ck like all these um the, the, one of the common threads is they're at the height of power and they're busy either either they're super busy because they're at the height of power or they're just at the height of their power and they might have time but they just don't they step away from the normal courtship you know, methods, yeah. or whatever you call it, like going to a bar, asking to go out for a drink and just go through the, get in these like awkward things or like you're sleeping with a subordinate. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, it makes me not want to reach the pinnacles of power or achievement. <laughs> if you, you're, you're what you first of all, your perspective gets warped and then you have yeah. so many constraints on your time that you have less time to pursue sexual gratification or relationship and then you end up taking these steps that are, you know, out of line with society. Yeah, it seems like it's like just the really bad ones get all the attention. But yeah, I don't know what it, I mean. Maybe they I think what it what it is with like someone like Louis C.K. I, I get the feeling he was kind of not probably not very good with women young. And I think like, yeah, he never 100%. developed that skill. And I think what happens is. A lot of, and I think this is true with the Z's and sorry, because I think that story that that girl told felt very like a guy who wasn't very good with women and like who just kind of was like, you know, was kind of like, well, I'm famous. So, like, what, you know, when she was, you know, in the story, she's like, he didn't even like wine and dine me and do this. And it's like, you know, the last 10 years, him getting famous was him was the whining and dining you. You know what I mean? In like his he mind. worked 11 years to get famous. Uh -huh. Yeah. So uh -huh. that he wouldn't have to whine and he wouldn't have to take you out to dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so um, that felt very like, I think he, he sounded like someone that just had some boundary, like couldn't 
read things as well. And maybe like the chick wasn't into it. And it was because the thing I never understood, especially with that situation and other ones is like, like even Louis CK, it's like, you know, no matter who you are, you're going to meet a chick one night that it might seem that you're into. It might seem you're going to hook up with them. And like, they're not going to be into you. They're not going to want to hook up with you no matter what. It's like, yeah, just fucking take the L for the night. You know take what I mean? L. Go again tomorrow night. Go out again tomorrow. It's just like a weird, like, no, I got to, I got to, I got to fuck you tonight. I got to fuck you. It's like, why? Like, what, you know, the disease thing. It's like, just fucking relax. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I don't know what happened, but it sounded like it could easily be explained that like he was being too aggressive and she didn't, she wasn't into it. You know, she, you know what I mean? Was, and um, he just wouldn't stop. And it's just like, why don't you just go out with her in two days? And I'm sure she'll blow you that. You know what I mean? It's just kind of <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, you know, sometimes you just kind of not get laid. <laughs> I know. I mean, maybe this sounds pathetic, but I can't tell you the number of times I've been out and I've been like having a good time talking to this girl and like, for whatever reason, you know, either she's not into it or she's tired or uh, I don't know, or I don't, I don't pursue or whatever. And then I just go home, my headphones in, you know, listen to music, watching TV. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I thought I was gonna hook up. But I didn't hook up. And it's like, all right, but it's also not that big of a fucking deal. Whatever. I think, I think if you like don't stress about that shit, I think it's one of those things where like, it, it actually is, is a positive thing to have those situations. Like it's, you know, it's kind of like, if you get everything too easily, you don't appreciate it. But yeah, I had that so many times. That's what that's what going on and meeting women and dating is. It's like a lot of rejection. You just kind of have to like. Yeah. I've had that so many it's times gamble. where like a chick will be into. I've had it, I've had it where like chicks I'm dating that I've slept with numerous times will like decide to stop sleeping with me. Have you ever had that? That's such a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've had it where like so. yeah. four weeks in, they'll stop sleeping with me. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, this is going backwards, you know, <laughs> but I, I wasn't like, wait a minute, come on, you got to sleep with me again. You slept with me before, you know yeah, what I mean? It's, I was just like, that. I guess you don't want to sleep with me anymore. I don't know. Like, I guess that's over. I don't really. Yeah. And also I, I take, I don't know, maybe I'm, uh, well, <laughs> No, we're really patting I, ourselves I love, on the back for not assaulting women. Yeah, I'm amazing for not assaulting women. <laughs> no, but I, I just really enjoy like the chase and the pursuit and like the flirty, like, you know, back and forth, like eye glance. Like, I don't know. I just like it. Yeah, yeah. There I is enjoy that a to lot. That. If if you take that away from me, it, it's not as fun. I don't want like Yeah. I don't know. It's just not as And also um, like as I got older, I, I preferred going home alone. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, as I got older, I was like, oh, this is nice. Going, just going home alone is like preferable because it's like I don't have to deal with anything or, you know what I mean? Like, true. The awkward morning goodbye and, or, yeah. Just anything. I'm, you know, it's like I'm tired, just going to go to sleep. You know, it's like once you, for me at least, once I got to a certain age, I was just like, I don't like, who gives a shit? Like, it wasn't like there were times where it was like a relief to like not, hook up with someone you know what i mean that i maybe thought i was going to um i just feel like once i got older it, i got to a point where i was actually turning down sex that was like an interesting place to get to in my life you know why would you turn it down like what, what was the rationale um you know i just wasn't in you know that into someone oh, and it well, was yeah. just seemed like more more of a hassle than it was worth and you know i was in i wasn't in like a good mood i wanted to just go home i was tired just you know and you, when you're younger you're not really doing that so like those guys are it's just funny to hear these guys who are like i think what happens is they get famous and rich and i think they think that that's it they think 
they, they don't have to have any game but it's like you still have to like get people to sleep with you you can't just like yeah i want to have <laughs> games. life is boring just, like, without take... trying to have game i know and that's the whole thing is you you get game by getting rejected for a while you know what i mean you have yeah. to like figure out a plan <laughs> and part of being attractive is like if a girl doesn't give you let's say that like i had a situation where like i had this one night i made out with this girl and it was like hot i had a great time and then i saw her again and she was like hi and i was like hey and i was like oh i guess she might not be into it tonight she was busy but like you know okay that's fine danny so you know second time you saw her wasn't the same vibe for whatever reason but whatever yeah who cares the third fourth fifth time i see her maybe it'll work out maybe it won't but i'm not right gonna right get you're not gonna just take it. your dick out yeah exactly i'm not gonna like there's no need and it's not attractive to press no, it's not. It's so it's so awful to to be aggressive and like that's like I mean, I, I never really I, I I was never into like, come on, like just hook up and we can, you know, we're like being but it's like some guys are kind of like super they'll be aggressive, but I was always like the school of like if I don't want to hook up with somebody who's not into hooking up with me. You know what I yeah. mean? So like exactly and also oddly not being aggressive in that situation will ironically get you laid more that's that's usually what they respond to is the guy who's just kind of like oh can kind of take it or leave it that attitude uh so the the aziz story more felt like someone just didn't have any game and just had never had you know what i mean like young probably didn't get a lot of girls and then he became famous kind of young and i think he was just kind of like, and he probably did have a lot of women throwing themselves at him and i think it's that thing of like well, I don't understand. If, if so many people want to sleep with me, like you don't want to sleep with me. Like I was saying before, it's like maybe just you're not going to get laid tonight. Just I don't like go home. Just go to sleep. Yeah, and then what? You know, some night in the future when you do hook up with a girl, like it's going to be like that much hotter, that much better. You're like, oh, nice. Didn't work out the last six times tonight. It did, and it was nice. Like whatever. Yeah, and then you know, I don't know. Just things like at work, doing things at like Lucy was doing at work. I mean, I don't know. That's that's like harassment at least asking chicks at work to take your dick out. I mean, <laughs> that's, I don't, that can't be legal. <laughs> no. Have you um, seen, um, uh, wait, what else are going to say about No, I guess that was it about that. Have you seen that movie? Uh, nobody. Yeah. With, uh, Bob, Bob, Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. I just finished that last night. What'd you think? Um, I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought he, I thought it was, he, he was believable as like that guy uh, surprisingly because he's just kind of like a badass i thought it was good i thought it was like um like yeah that was pretty good i feel like that's like with a lot of movies now you know what i mean like yeah that was pretty good I, now i'm just so into like series and stuff um it was very now stylized I'm really, you know what's up it was very stylized it was you know what i was thinking do you watch like euphoria I haven't yet, but this girl told me last week and I need to start watching it. I just started watching it. It's good. It's like, I didn't think I'd like it because it's about like, well, I mean, it's about like 17 year olds. <laughs> You're in the club scene, Tom. You get it. But somehow I got into this show about hot 17 year old girls taking their tops <laughs> off. Um, but no, it's like, it's actually like a really good show. Like it's, and it's weird because it's about like high school, but it's like shot like, a Scorsese movie, you know what I mean? And be, and so I had that, you know, I've always been thinking this, that, you know, TV 
you know, has taken over from movies as being the quality. It used to be the opposite. It was like movies were the quality and TV was the lower art form. Now it's like TV is the the highest art form of entertainment. And now movies are just very like, because I don't think they have enough time to tell a good story in a movie. They have like an hour and 40 minutes. Like Euphoria or Ozark, you know, like Ozark every season is like an eight hour movie. So they can like slowly take their time with the story and the plotting. It's like, it's good. You know what I mean? And um, fuck you, Marty. I mean, that show is like amazing. And then like Euphoria just looks fucking amazing. It looks like a Scorsese movie. And it's weird because when I was a teenager, our shows were like 90210. You know what I mean? It was like these kind of cheesy, almost like kids. I mean, I liked 90210, but it was like a kid show. It wasn't like a very like... um, you know, It wasn't like a very sophisticated show. Euphoria is like a fucking like looks amazing and like it, it it treats teenagers like they're actual like multi-layered multi-faceted people which they are you know oh, what good. i mean yeah well because you know remember like when you're a teenager you think everything in your life is such a huge deal no one else does but you do so that that show treats teenage lives like you know how they see their lives which is like they have a lot of stress and a lot of um problems that they think are like you know really huge because to them they are um yeah but they also have like the depth of maturity and thought and you know i don't know i thought a lot of the people i went to high school with were smart and multifaceted and mature and not always but a lot of times yeah and you know people do you know teenagers have problems and i think now i don't i mean i don't really know what's going on with this generation i mean one thing one thing I have noticed about it that's interesting is like, and I think this is a thing of teenagers now of that generation is like, they're not as mean to each other, oddly. Do you know what I mean? Like in Euphoria, there's like all these girls and like, like some of them are hot. Some of them are nerdy. Some of them are like fat. Some of them are the end, but they're all friends. It's like a weird you know, usually you'd watch like a high school thing and it was like the mean girls who were hot were shitty to like all the like the nerdy girls or whatever. Like they don't do that in this. They're all like friends, which is like kind of an interesting thing. I was like, oh, is that what's going on in that generation? Like, are they I feel like they're nicer to each other. I mean, I'm sure they're still they do have bullying, but I think something's going on. I think there's a rebellion to meanness happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah, it seems like the younger generation is much. I was listening to somebody that did lectures to Harvard students, and he was like, "They're the most kind, thoughtful, multifaceted people." Like, he's like, "I'm, I'm excited about the future of the world," you know? Yeah, so it's interesting to watch it because it actually made me look at like teenagers in a different way. I was like, "Oh, I didn't." They seem kind of like different than I thought they would be. You know what I mean? Like. And like TikTok, are you? I'm on TikTok, and one yeah. thing I've noticed that skews young, and people on that are nice. Like that's more skews to nice than like the other ones. So I think there's something going on with young people with social media. They're like, I'm sick of being mean. Like we're not going to be mean to each other. We're going to be like not shitty on social media because the last generation was so shitty to each other. Back to that so pendulum almost- swing. 
Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like it became like they took it and we're like, you know, what? we're not going to be like you because everyone always rebels. So it's like we're going to be like not shit, shallow assholes. You guys were shallow assholes. We're not going to be like that. Yeah. We're not like gonna the, be mean to the fat girl. Like the daughter on um on White Lotus was very much like that. You know, always pushing back against her parents about being respectful of people and which you wouldn't think right. a rebellious right. teen daughter would do. But she did. And yes. so that's what I guess is bring it full circle with comedy. I think what's going on is like there's an aspect when I what the comedy I was raised on and that I rea- you know responded to was more edgy and maybe not as nice and was like more aloof and oddly a little bit you know snarky. You know I'm, I'm very yeah. sarcastic. Snarky is a good word for it. Yep. And like I don't think that's really in right now. You know what I mean? I th- and I think I'm not. That's why I don't respond to a lot of comedy. It seems too like vanilla ish to me. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and I don't know, this is sounding like snotty, but I feel like it's like my, the personas that I'm into are like out right now, that kind of persona. Do you know what I mean? The personas that you're into. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, like, like Bill Murray and Ferris Bueller and like, Daria. Yeah. Like that's like not um, embraced by the, the kid from uh, culture. Yeah. Jason Bateman when he was 15. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, back to your point about how kids in high school are like uh, for some, I'm, I'm so glad I did this. I'm so glad I did this. The last day of my high school, I took pictures all day of like all my classes and we were like in the auditorium. We just had like free time. We played Jenga on the floor and I had all these pictures of all of my um, students and all my class or my classmates and my classes and I looked around, I would look at all the pictures, and then I thought to myself, I had a really nice high school experience. I mean, one of my neighbors was mean to me occasionally, but the people that were in my school, we had we had a nice time, you know? We, wait, wait, did you not clicks, think that? really? It was it was nice. I mean, there were some clicks that perfect, I had a but it was great nice. high school experience. Like you I what? had my I went to a weird high school. I went to an art school and oh. I had a great experience. I had a better experience in high school than I did in college. It's usually the opposite. Interesting. I, I feel like I yeah. got to college and everyone there was like shitty and mean. I feel like my high school, like I had a, like people were a lot. I I went to an artsy high school, so they were more like open and cool. You know what I mean? It was a bunch of creative. Then I went to school with a bunch of like not really artsy, creative people. And they're all just kind of shitty. And, th- you know, th- it was like what I was saying, like the kids were really mean and, you know, and I kind of would skew aloof. So I became even more aloof because when people were mean, I, I would kind of like be like, and it's exactly what I was talking about. Like the Gen X attitude of like, Oh really? You're, like you're going to treat me like shit. Like, guess what? I'm going to treat you like shit. So like, I don't really care. So I got even like more aloof in college. That didn't sound um, fun. <laughs> No, I didn't like college very much. I really, I liked high school a lot better. And then I did you go you know, to for college? SMU. That was a mis- oh, it was right. in Dallas, Texas. It was a mistake. It was just not my, a school for me to go to. Um, but I did it the obvious. You know, people usually like are like, I'm going to go to college for four years and just party. And then when I get out, I'm going to like, you know, get married and like get a job and settle down. I did the opposite. I like didn't have a great time in college. And then when I got out, I was like, okay, I'm just going to like be in college for the next 20 years <laughs> in New York. Like, I'm just going to like make up for that, not having fun in college just for the next 20 years. <laughs> not um, perpetual youth, but perpetual college student ask. Well, just like, not just more like, days. I'm just going to have fun. Now. Like I'm yeah. going to like party and like have fun and 
not the fun that I felt like I was supposed to be having then that I didn't, I wasn't a big drinker young. I didn't really get into drinking until after college. I wasn't, I didn't really smoke weed. I didn't really drink. So I just didn't, you know, and it was like a frat fucking college. I mean, you know, I wasn't like a frat guy. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like you've, uh, like you've exhausted that? that uh stage of your life now like do you feel different yeah definitely now? I mean, obviously right yeah yeah i mean i quit drinking a little over two years ago and yeah i wasn't having nearly as much fun the last couple of years i was drinking it just like wasn't but i i didn't really couldn't really tell because i was drunk <laughs> <laughs> um what do you want yeah, the next I, five I years of your life to be like what no, no, I, I like being like sober now. Like I, I like not drinking. It's just, I, I, it's, it's that I had my time and I just was like, I, I wasn't enjoying drink. It wasn't the same to me anymore. It wasn't affecting my body the same way. It just, it wasn't like fun. Yeah. If it's not fun, there's no point. It was like fun for like an hour and a half. And then like, I would drink too much and then like get thrown out and then wake up and feel like shit for two days. That's when I knew it was bad. When I would have hangovers for two days, I was like, mm, this really wasn't worth an hour and a half of having fun. Oh, hundred percent. That is not a good trade-off. Yeah. It's not a good cost benefit trade-off. How, how do you um, envision the next five years of your life going? Like if, if, if we were talking five years from now and you were completely happy, what would have happened? Um, I would have my own like house on the beach. Oh, dude, that's lit. I want that too. And then, um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that probably probably other stuff around that. I'd probably be in a <laughs> what, stable. Like lawn furniture in a, in a, in a stable. House? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there would be furniture in the house. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and then I'd probably be in a stable relationship, and. Um, yeah, like, you know, just doing being creative the way I just being creative. That's the thing is like, I don't know if I don't know how you deal with it. But like, you know, I, like I do stand up still, but I don't do it that much right now. So but I have to find other ways to be creative because I like need to be. So I, I've I've found outlets that are more just like for me almost to like be creative. You know what I mean? Where there's no like agenda behind it or like. I have to do this or like, like things where I'll just do it and not have any idea of what the result of it is. You know, it's just more like entertaining myself with it. Do you, does that make sense? Like what? Like new pursuits and outlets, like new hobbies, like woodworking. Yeah. Like, uh, like writing. And so like, I'll write a lot. Um, yeah. what are you writing? Well, I wrote a, I, you know, I wrote a, I've written a few books, but I, I wrote one that's coming out in uh, next January. It's oh, being I didn't published. Know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you talk I about what I it's about? I think I told you about it. What? Can you talk about um, what it's about? It's just about, um, it's sort of, a, it's part memoir, but part, a lot of it takes place during my time and during in, in the alt comedy scene. Cause I kind of started doing stand up. Um, in New York, like I, I did stand up in LA for a couple of years and then I came back to New York and the, like the alt scene was kind of happening and starting here. And I kind of got involved in it early. Cause those were the shows I got into. So like through the aughts is kind of when I was like involved in it, when it kind of like became like a, a big thing, the alt comedy scene. 
And okay. uh, in that decade, it kind of like became, you know, kind of like was this thing that, you know, grew and grew. And then it kind of launched like the next generation of comedy stars, you know? So it's kind of like co covering that era of comedy where I was in it, interacting with all these people before they became like huge stars. It was kind of like me being like behind the scenes in that movement as it started from nothing and became this huge thing. That's cool. Yeah, like because they've done that in the past where they've like, you know, like someone wrote a book about the 70s, like the comedy scene in the 70s and how that kind of became this big thing that kind of launched a bunch of people in, in L.A., and then the 80s was kind of like a you know big comedy boom and and the the aughts was kind of like the alt scene i think became like a big thing that kind of, and it became really popular and it like a lot of the big stars you know that we know now like came up in that era like so who? like like Mulaney and um okay. like you know Kumail Nanjiani, yeah, and like Nick Kroll, and who else? Like Pete Holmes and Pete Holmes, T.J. Miller. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Janine like Garofalo was already. Oh, well, I, she I, was okay. like, she was big already. She was kind of the beginning of the alt. Like she, like I feel like she was the first like big alt comic, you know, because she was very like not like a club comic. She was very, you know, she's you know quintessential Gen X, the aloof kind of acerbic you know had an attitude person you know she was in fucking reality bites that was like a total gen oh, x right. movie that was like the gen x um it was you know just it represented that generation of what was going on with like 20 something somethings in 1994 um so yeah she was but she was kind of right before like i hadn't even done stand-up but she was big Okay, but yeah, did you, look did you ever hang that. out with Chelsea Peretti? I mean, I yeah, I knew her at that time. Yeah, I love her. I think she's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty good. I guess I, I love her. I love her tweets. Her tweets are always in like all caps. I just think her sense of humor is great. I I, I really vibe with her sense of humor. Really, her kind of sense of humor. Did you ever meet her or Bad see her live? But also like shit talking. What? No, I haven't met her. I saw her open for Aziz at the Beacon Theater once. She's kind of that. She's sort of the acerbic, like yeah. She's very like you know of that school, um, not really nice comedy. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It just it's like very like. I'm sorry, I find one of her tweets. Uh, you don't have to. Um, are we gonna, no, I want I, to I gotta remind me of her sense of humor. What? No, yeah, I, I I knew her around that. I knew all those guys when they were coming up. They were we were all kind of around the same scene. Who is your most favorite and who's your least favorite out of those? Out of the people I knew? Yeah. That I came up with at that time? Yeah. Wait, sorry, I'm just laughing because the her first tweet that I read says, Do you have to refrigerate marmalade? <laughs> like that I love that kind of like off the wall kind of like where the fuck did that idea come from? Anyways. Yeah, most favorite, least favorite. Uh, name names. Like like comedy wise. Um. Yeah. The, the the comics that you talked about that you grew up with in the alt scene grew up back with in the day or like yeah came up with whatever that I thought were funny. I do remember. I remember like uh, God. I do remember seeing Mulaney early on. 
like he it was funny he like so like nick crawl was around like when i moved back to new york nick crawl had like just started i think he was like maybe a year or two out of college and he was just starting stand-up and um so i would see him a lot like we kind of started in new york around the same time so we would kind of do the same like open mics and stuff and so we did this open mic that was on third and b a lot and then like one time he showed up with Mulaney, who was like, he was like, yeah, this is my friend from college. He's out of college for the summer. And I think it was like between his junior and senior year. And, you know, it was in this basement with like 10 people there. And like they did, they didn't do, oh, hello. They didn't have that yet, but they did this like bit. And it was weird because Mulaney was like shy and didn't. And it was like, who is this? Like, who is this guy? Like, what is he doing? Um, That's cool. And, and then he, he about a little over a year later just kind of was around you know doing comedy and like i would see him around like this place for fifi which is where nick was a lot oh yeah and uh, i was like oh hey what's up like i remembered him and and then i saw him probably like six months into him being around after college and i was and he was like amazing it was like blew my mind and i was like holy shit what wait who is this like this is the guy from the basement who did that thing where he was barely talking. Um, wow. So he just cool. like immediately was like, was great. I think he, he had had some, um, he had been in a sketch group at Georgetown with like a, with like, you know, Mike Berbiglia and Nick Crow. They were all kind of like friends in college at Georgetown. And they, so he, he did have some experience. <laughs> like it wasn't like he had never performed and then got on stage. I think he, had had a lot of performing experience and but i mean i feel like he just when he showed up it was just like and it this a lot of people he he kind of he shot up fast because i think people were like who is this fucking guy he's like he just was like crafted like fast you know what i mean that's, i didn't that's really what, see cool him you develop. Saw that. yeah that's cool you saw that that transformation and that the transformation was fast yeah it's a, i have that in my book that like and so it's things like that in my book stories like that like oh yeah i saw this guy for the first time and he 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 became the biggest comedian in the world <laughs> right and i saw him in like a room with like 10 people that's one of the cool things about stand-up if you're in the scene for a long time you're like do you know x or y you're like yeah i've known them for a decade like not that your best friends are all these like stars but you saw them back in the day and now you have that like longitudinal perspective on people it's kind of cool yeah no yeah it was it's cool so that's why i wrote i wrote the book someone was like made a comment about like oh yeah because someone do you remember that show i'm dying up here it was like a showtime show i mean i read i think i, I read the book oh you did so that's yeah. about like the 70s yeah the book was terrible oh was it well i mean the the some of the content was good but like the the main like plot or the main point is the guy that jumps off the roof of the comedy store oh it is yeah it. like they just spent so much it was almost like they, not that they glamorized it but like it was just such a central thing of the whole book it just it was just depressing and i'm like it's it felt almost exploitative honestly well you're gonna love my book i didn't read that <laughs> book but that was like i i saw that that series was on and i was like oh that's a really specific era of comedy that a lot happened in. And i was like well i was around for this era like i should write a book about that era that's like that uh, covers a lot of that terrain. Yeah, that's like um, a historical document. Yeah, but it's also like, it, you know, it, it doesn't just deal with that. It's like a lot of it deals with my upbringing. So it kind of jumps around like from when I grew up and how I started being funny and 
like what made me think about being funny and stuff like that. That's cool, man. Congrats on writing. Yeah, it was that. cool. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, t- it was. It was good. Like, I mean, it was good writing it, getting it out, like all that. It was like cathartic for you too, therapeutic. Yeah, it was also I could kind of like put it, you know, you know, close that chapter of my life in a way. Hmm. Um, I feel like we should wrap soon because I don't trust memory on my computer. (laughs) Yeah. Once I get once I get a better computer, then I won't have like time caps. But now I'm like, ah, can't go too much longer than sixty minutes, or else I might have to be. No, no, that's good. I don't like the podcast. Like I just said at the beginning, Rogan's podcast goes like too long. That's why I don't listen to it. I can't. It's too long. Yeah. I like short podcasts. You know, like an hour is good. Yeah, we've done like an hour and fifteen. I think something like that. This is good. All right, uh, cool. Well, what are your handles? Uh, Tom McCaffrey seven two two seven two two, and then um, I don't know TikTok. Yeah, Tom McCaffrey comedy, and then Tom McCaffrey on Twitter, and that's it. I'm on TikTok a lot now. I like. I'm kind of addicted to it. <laughs> I, I need to uh, check out your. Uh, TikTok more often. I need to be on TikTok more often. I don't check it. It's enough. just like I'm. I it, it's like I don't know. It's like fun. You can like they have. There's a lot of shit you can fuck around with, and it's like I. What I like about it is that the whole thing is like not being polished. Like that's what they want. They want to watch things that are not. Po- there's like, like this thing. You know how things like shift. It's kind of like there's a shift happening. I think with like you know people who are younger, where they're like they're rejecting the whole like and that, that's been happening for a while rejecting the whole like overproduced and like gatekeepers and they're very like the generation of like we're just going to make whatever the fuck we want and entertain ourselves like take your fucking shit movies that you're trying to sell us and get the fuck out of here like you know what i mean yeah um which i think is kind of an interesting and i don't know it's just interesting that i can make things just in my room and like three minutes and then fucking maybe like 5,000 people will watch it. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. The it's like if I go to what? I was going to say the democrat democratization of content. I know it's like a common thing to talk about, but it is cool. It is cool that you can do that. Yeah, it is good. I think it's good because, you know, like it, and it's funny to watch like people who like were kind of like embraced by the industry, kind of see them kind of squirm a little bit because they don't, you know what I mean? Like that shit doesn't, there's not much of a wall between like you can do things yourself more now. And I feel like it used to be, especially when I was starting and doing comedy, you were really at the mercy of like seven people. If they liked you or not, it was just kind of like, there was like a few people. They didn't like you. You weren't going to get anything like comedy central. When I was like really in the thick of comedy was like, that was it. There was nothing out. There were no other outlets. So if like the three people at comedy central didn't like you, that was it. Which is insane. Like, that's not how a fucking business should be. Like, that's not how, like, medicine or any other industry. Like, oh, those two people don't like me, so I can't ever work in medicine. Yeah. The two directors (laughs) of Johns Hopkins decide control all of medicine. Ah, fuck. Right. So I I think it's it's funny to watch, too. They don't know what to do. Like, because they're not... They don't have the power they once had, which... That's why I like about things like, you know, TikTok. I like that they're just, like, very, like, we're just making our own shit and if you don't like it then i think i like that ad- i always kind of had that ad- it's kind of like i'm gonna do my thing if you don't if you don't like it, i don't fucking care so yeah 
It's kind of yeah. cool. You can build a TikTok channel or a podcast from scratch over time. You can grow an audience. Who knows? Maybe it'll take off. Maybe it won't. But at least you can do it. At least you have that option. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's like just kind of like entertaining myself. It's just kind of entertaining to me. I don't really think it's going to do anything really big or, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, but. And you're developing a skill over time that you might be able to parlay into other endeavors later in the future with newer technologies. So you don't know, you know, just keep. Yeah, keep I guess ima- I, I can't even imagine what's going to happen next, what the next thing is going to be. Yeah. But all right. Well, this is right, great. Bro. Good times, man. That was fun. All right. That was fun. So um, I Peace guess out, you fucking just, What? I'll talk to you soon. Uh, send me this. All right. I'll send you the fucking link dude. the file, dude. Oh, we're talking about. Oh, they saw behind the curtain, Tom. God. I know. All right. Later, dude. <laughs> all right. Later, man. Thanks. Bye.